What's up, you animals? Welcome to the Strength and Conditioning Fireside Chat, where we discuss studies and other publications to build the knowledge needed to take yourself, your athletes, and your business to the next level. This episode, along with every other episode, is brought to you by DefyingGravityPerformance.com. Welcome to the episode one of the Strength and Conditioning Fireside Chat. This week we're going to talk about a study that looked into the rehabilitation effects of deadlifting for lower back pain. And it's a very long title of this study, but the title is Individualized Low Load Motor Control Exercises and Education Versus a High Load Lifting Exercise and Education to Improve Activity, Pain Intensity, and physical performance in patients with low back pain, a randomized controlled trial. End of title. Obviously a very long title to do exactly as I said a few seconds ago, to look into the rehabilitation effects of deadlifts for your lower back. The authors of the study were, and excuse me, I'm going to completely murk their name, uh, Bornasa, Lars Berlung, Peter Michelson, and Ulrika Assa. The background of this study was it was conducted in Sweden in 2015, and it was originally published in the Journal of Orthopedic and Sport Physical Therapy, uh, which was uh, Volume 45, Issue 2, if you want to look it up online. So why this study? Well, because in today's day and age, lower back pain is an epidemic. The chronic inactivity of humans alone is causing so much lower back pain. If you think about the way we live our lives, you know, many of us uh, work at desks all day. We're slouching. Our posture's crap. We're either leaning over the computer, leaning over our cell phones. We're, it's our lifestyle. It's, it's giving us lower back pain. And I can say as a coach on my end, and I know any coaches out there listening uh, will attest to this, that so many clients they bring it up on a daily basis. You know, it's you give them a program and you're going through stuff and they're either hesitant uh, because they have lower back pain or they can't do certain movements because of lower back pain. And at that point, you really start to see people use it as an excuse. You know, people will say, I have a slip disc, I can't work out. Or I hurt my lower back, so I can't deadlift. I can't squat. I hurt my lower back, I can't run. I hurt my lower back, I can't do plyometrics. So people use it as an excuse not to work out. And at the end of the day, us as coaches, that's what we need them to do. So the theory behind this study is that the deadlifting exercise is an effective uh, methodology, is an effective exercise mode to effectively decrease back pain and increase the activity in most patients who suffer from lower back pain. The second theory behind this uh, study is that the higher performance on the bearing Sorensen test is the best indicator that the deadlifting will work for someone who is having that lower back pain. Now, before we get into this study uh, in itself, it's important that we out outline what the bearing Sorensen test is. So the bearing Sorensen test is when you lay in the prone position, which is face towards the floor, but you do it on a bench or a glute ham raise machine. But for 
this explanation will say the bench. You lay in a prone position on the bench, but you want the bench to end right at your waist and you want your upper body suspended in the air. So you're laying down, looking towards the ground, and you're holding your upper body still in a static position and you're kind of levitating it over the ground. You want to be parallel to the ground with your upper body hanging over the ground. And now obviously what that's do is doing is that's giving you back extension um, or excuse me, flexion of the lumbar spine. So you, you have to hold yourself in that position. If you were to relax, your face is going to face plant with the ground. Get it? Um, so your upper body is suspended in the air. You, you do this test and you hit the timer. The second you start you know, holding yourself in that position and you stop the timer once your shoulders drop. That's when you stop the clock and the test is over. The authors of this study indicated um, or found that the deadlift is a good indicator of a rehabilitation exercise for lower back pain if you can hold the bearing Sorensen test, if you can hold that position for greater than 60 seconds. If you held it for less than 60 seconds, it's shown with their sample size that the deadlifting um, exercise is not going to be the best for helping you get past your lower back pain. Now, obviously, deadlifting, its we all know it's a great compound movement. And I'm not personally crazy about the word functional. I think it's a buzzword in today's you know fitness and, and coaching industry and world. But it really is functional. It is essential for life. If you think about the deadlifting movement, we all do it on a regular basis, whether you're an athlete or whether you're a grandmother, whether it's bending down to pick up your child, bending down to pick up your groceries. Um, we all use it every single day. And it really is the most efficient bang for your buck, best return on your investment of time in the gym because of all the muscles it works in such a short period of time. So, I mean, just starting from the ground up, if you think about it, you got your calves, your hamstrings, your quads, uh, your glutes, your hips, your spinal erectors, your lats, your traps, your forearms, your biceps, uh, your core, your hands, your rear delts, shit, even your neck. So it it really hits damn near every muscle in your body in one simple set. So this study had 35 participants. It was 15 men and 20 women. And their ages ranged from 26 to 60 years old. So it's a widespread range, which could be a pro or a con to the study, depending on how you look at it. And also, it's important to know of these 35 participants, only two had a history of resistance training. Once again, that could be a pro or a con, depending on how you looked at it. Maybe you want to know how the deadlift exercise rehabilitates lower back pain um, for athletes or for the regular person. And this kind of seems to be more on the um, regular gen pop, if you will. And in this study, they did the deadlifting under the supervision of physical therapists with a very high level of powerlifting experience. The physical therapists that were in and included in this study actually had themselves performed at a, a, a worldwide and international level of powerlifting. They had coached athletes at the worldwide international uh, level of powerlifting. So they had a lot of experience in powerlifting. Obviously, we all know that powerlifting is built around three main lifts, the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift. So you have to be proficient and uh, an expert at those three lifts to be at the level that they are at. 
obviously this is a good thing. Deadlift is one of those three, and that's what they are here with um, these participants working on. So that is a, a great uh, pro of this study. And they conducted the study. They started off with an initial questionnaire on pain intensity, um, perceived disability, et cetera, et cetera. They, the participants filled it out, and that's how they kind of started before they got into the programming. And the programming itself is based around 12 deadlifting sessions in eight weeks. So the first four weeks, they deadlifted twice weekly with two to three days of rest in between. The final four weeks, they deadlifted only once weekly with five to seven days in between. So in the, the, the final four weeks, the intensity, the weight they were using went up. So obviously, as the intensity went up, the frequency went down. So they progressively you know, amped up the intensity and decreased the frequency as they got more comfortable with the lift itself. And some interesting aspects of the programming is that they performed the deadlifts slow on the eccentric portion of the deadlift. So while they were lowering the bar back to the ground, they were going two times uh, slower than they were when they actually did the concentric portion of the deadlift, when they picked it up, <clears throat> which was you know very interesting because you think about the traditional deadlift, it's almost um, exclusively a concentric movement. You pull the bar off the ground and you quickly lower it. You pull the bar off the ground, you quickly lower it. You really don't see an eccentric portion of a deadlift until you get into something like the Romanian uh, deadlift or even in some cases the, the straight-legged deadlift. So it's very interesting that they did that. Another interesting aspect they did on their deadlift programming was in between reps, they let go of the bar completely, stood up, reset, and then went again. So in between every set, it's they really kind of reset their system, got in the position again and went again. So if they did a set of 10, they it would, you know, it would take them damn near a minute if you think about it because they would have to go through the whole process like it's a one rep max attempt. And then in between sets, they were resting for 5 to 10 minutes. So very slow long rest to aid in their recovery. And finally on the programming side of this study, in the first four weeks, they started with three to five sets with 10 reps. And like I said, they kind of used that linear progression and they built up the intensity over those four weeks. So in the final four weeks, they were really reduced to doing five to eight sets of three to five reps. So their total number of sets went up, but their reps went down per set uh, because the weight on the bar went up. So it's kind of interesting to note that the total workload stayed relatively consistent. And I think that could be explained through the learning of efficiencies in the lift. Because keep in mind that 35 or two of the 35 participants were the only those two had experience in resistive training. The other 33 um, had no resistance uh, training history. So they were really learning the deadlift from scratch. Now, if we get uh, away from the programming, that's how they ran the study for the, the 12 deadlifting sessions over eight weeks. Uh, we get into the results. 33 of the 35 participants completed the full eight weeks. So they did it as prescribed. So that's a 94.3% uh, success and completion rate. Only two of the 35 reported adverse effects. So those two, their shit got worse. Uh, they found that the deadlift made them worse off and, and put them into more lower back pain. So that's 5.7% of the sample size. And then finally, only one of the 35 dropped out with, without explanation. So don't know, it could be a family emergency, could be that they got lazy, could be that they just didn't want to do it, whatever it may be. So 2.9% of the sample size just 
dropped out without explanation. Now, it's very interesting. Now we get into the, the, the true results of whether the deadlift was a good rehabilitation exercise for lower back pain. And there's three main criteria here, the activity score, the disability score, and the pain intensity. Those are the three, the big three, if you will, of this study, and I'll get into what each of them is. If you remember, I said that before they conducted the study, they all did an initial questionnaire, and this is how they scored their starting um, activity, disability, and pain intensity scores. The activity scores, and this is what they were willing to do with their lower back pain. So it was how active they were and, and what they were willing to go out and, and still perform even though they had lower back pain. Of the 35 participants, after the eight weeks, after the 12 deadlifting sessions, the activity scores increased by 41.7%. So if you think about that, if your own activity, if your client's own activity could almost you know, if it could increase 50%, I mean, that would be a wild success, wouldn't it, in a matter of eight weeks? And then the disability score. So the disability score was interesting because they, in the initial questionnaire, they did 24 different scenario questions. And so it's more of a perceived disability, um, but it's it's just that, a disability score. So they had 24 different scenario questions, and they would ask questions like, I try not to tie my shoes because of my lower back pain. Yes or no. You'd get a point off that. Next one. I try not to uh, lift my child up because of my lower back pain. Yes or no. You get a point scored off of that, whatever it may be. Well, after the eight weeks, they ran through the same 24 questions and the disability scores decreased 46.5%, which is obviously phenomenal because once again, imagine if you know, we think about ourselves in our daily life, what we can and can't do. Imagine if what we thought we couldn't do reduced by 50%, how much more capable we are. So that's fantastic. And finally, the big one, the main driving force, the pain intensity score, that their pain, the perceived pain, the pain intensity of these um, individuals reduced by 47.9%. Now, true, it is subjective because in the initial questionnaire and the questionnaire after the end of the study, each individual had to rate their pain on a scale from 1 to 100. So 100 being the highest pain and 1 being minimal. But it's still reduced on an average of each participant by once again, damn near 50%, 47.9%. So you think about any pain you've ever had in your life, imagine if you could cut that pain in half. Wouldn't that be a much better way to live your life, even if it's just an acute pain for that short time period? So fantastic results for deadlifting being a good rehabilitation exercise for lower back pain. So what are the takeaways of this study? Well, it's quite simple. Obviously, that the deadlifting can be a good rehabilitation exercise for lower back pain. A high pain intensity in a low bearing, uh, bearing Sorensen test so if you you know can't hold that position for 60 seconds, you are less likely to benefit from deadlifting to help reduce your lower back pain. It makes sense if you think about it, right? Because 
pain itself changes your muscular behavior, whether or not you realize it. If there's pain, your muscular behavior changes. You may be conducting the deadlift completely wrong if you have lower back change or lower back pain because it changes your leverages. It it subconsciously creates inefficiencies. And for new lifters, which many of these 35 participants were, pain disrupts your motor learning skills. So at the end of the day, you look at a study like this that was, you know, eight weeks long, maybe that's not long enough for these new lifters to learn the deadlift and learn those efficiencies and get into that, um, you know, that mindset of what the deadlift is and, and learn the motor units and the pathways that make it such a great lift. So maybe new lifters need more than eight weeks, which can truly be a limitation of this study. And then if you think about it from the bearing Sorensen uh, test, the bearing Sorensen activates and stabilizes the hips and the back extensors, which is the the key top tier important factors of deadlifting safely. So if you can't do the bearings and Sorensen test for 60 seconds, you or your client, whoever it may be, needs to work their way up to the 60 seconds before they start utilizing deadlifts. And you do that through isolation exercises, um, whatever it may be, lower back extensions, doing a lot of core work. So you can actually hold that test for 60 seconds because then you're at a good um, takeoff point to actually benefit from deadlifting. And the final takeaway I got from this study was that there was zero correlation between age, sex, and body mass index when predicting whether or not the deadlifts would be effective at reducing lower back pain. So the deadlift truly is an exercise uh, that works for every age, every sex, every body type. It doesn't matter. And and we, we know that to be true, right? Because like how I started the, the podcast, the deadlift really is an um, effective and real-life exercise that we all use on a daily basis. All that being said, obviously, the largest takeaway is, holy shit, groundbreaking news. It goes against what so many people want you to believe. Deadlifting can be used to rehabilitate lower back pain. So for you, your clients, whoever it may be, you don't want to ignore deadlifting uh, on the premise of lower back pain. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be uh, a black or white matter. You can deadlift to help lower back pain. So what are the limitations of the study? And it's important to note that all studies, all articles, whatever it may be, all opinion pieces do have some limitations. Uh, so I, I want to point those out in every episode of every study that we talk about. But the limitations on this study was it was a small sample size. It was only 35 participants. Obviously, we would love to see this on a much broader scale with a lot more individuals. That would give us a, a, a true... A, knowledge on, on how deadlifting works to rehabilitate lower back pain. Second limitation was the questionnaire was very subjective. As an example, rate your pain on 1 to 100. When you think about it, if a, a woman who has gone through childbirth is going to have a much higher perspective of pain than a, a woman that hasn't gone through childbirth. So, you know, where they rate on the scale is is going to be widespread. But luckily, you know, when you do rate on the scale, the individual stays the same. Um, so if there's an average reduction of 50%, whether or not someone rated their lower back pain at a 75 and someone rated it at a 30, it's going to reduce 50%. But it's still a limitation when, when anytime you go into ER and they say, well, rate your pain on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, it, it is subjective. And also the disability scores that were made up from those 24 questions those are subjective as well. So there is some subjectivity to the questionnaires. 
the third limitation I noticed was programming. So towards the end of the programming, the last four weeks, the last sets and the last reps for each patient was really left up to the discretion of the physical therapist. So that's a big variable. Now, we as coaches know that coaching is a dynamic feedback um, experience with your client. Everything is always changing on the fly. You, you, you sometimes have to pull your client back. You sometimes have to push your client a little harder, whatever it may be. So these physical therapists at the end were sometimes pulling the rug out from their clients and ending the sessions, whatever it may be, which is great for coaching. It's needed for coaching, right? It makes sense. It's what we do. But for a study like this, that throws in a large variable there. So if the client wasn't feeling it, they may have stopped them. If the client was feeling really good, they might have pushed further. Once again, great for coaching, not so much at eliminating limitations in a study. Um, but that's the way they were. They, they almost acted more as coaches than um, scientists behind a study. And the final limitation I saw was left me wondering what these patients were doing outside of these 12 deadlifting sessions. If these patients are in pain, then, you know, what are they doing outside the gym? So they may be, they may be, uh, taking pain medication. Maybe, maybe taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. They may be seeing a chiropractor. They may be getting back massages. They may be foam rolling. They may be doing stretching yoga. It doesn't matter. There could be a lot of things outside of the gym that is affecting their lower back pain for the better. So it, it it could be taking away from the significance of the deadlifting itself on the ability to uh, rehabilitate from lower back pain. So that's it, guys. That's the end of episode one. Remember, this is just one study. You can find numerous other studies and articles that support what we talked about today. And then you'll find just as many that are on the other side of the fence and go against it. At the end of the day, I just want to you know, have an open discussion with you, give you one study, get you thinking, um, and leaving you the option to decide whether this is something that can be applied to you, be applied to your athletes, be applied to your business. So I implore you to go check out defyinggravityperformance.com. Remember, defy limitations, and God bless America.